the weekly message from Encounter, where the past has no future and hope is reborn. Our speaker today is Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor at Encounter. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's good to see you here today. He's risen, people. Amen. Undisputed. Okay? Absolutely undisputed. The Bible teaches us, and we know, that he overcame death, hell, and the grave. It was not enough just that he died for us. He had to rise from the grave to finally defeat our greatest adversary. And he's alive today. That's something to be celebrating, folks. Amen? And every year, we celebrate that all around the world. It is arguably the most celebrated day numerically that happens all year. And it's just amazing that after 2,000 years, there is still no doubt Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? Amen. I'm glad to be here celebrating it with you. I'm glad that you're here. Uh, if you want to turn your Bibles with me to the book of John, chapter number 19. And as you do, I have one quick announcement to make. Um, Lord willing, next um, uh, weekend, we're going to be having uh, uh, two visitors with us. Uh, their name is David and Dawn. Actually, there'll be four visitors. David and Dawn, and they have two daughters. Um, we've been in conversation with them for a couple of months now. And uh, the, the leadership team has been praying for the last couple of weeks. Uh, they're potentially going to be moving this direction to take on the role as, as youth leaders. And um, uh, they are excited about the possibility. Um, uh, they're committed. They, um, whatever it takes, absolutely whatever it takes is where their heart is at. Um, and, but we, we, we're, we're in the stages of trying to determine, is this the will of God? You can, get, you can get a lot of people to come, but is it the right people? And just as importantly, is this the right church for them? And so, Lord willing, they'll be here next weekend. Be nice to them. Okay? Please don't act normal. Okay? No. We got to fool them, people. You can act normal when they get here, okay? But we got to get them to come first. So please, some of you know your spouse. Keep them away. Whatever it takes, okay? You know who you are. You know who you are. Just, just behave yourself, people. It's not a lot. To, I'm only asking you to do it for one Sunday, okay? Just for one Sunday. Could you just act normal? Okay, turn to the person next to you and say, next Sunday, act normal. <coughs> and if you can't, then just stay home. I feel like I have something to share with you that the Lord has put in my heart. I don't intend to be long. It's kind of a bold statement, but I'll just give it to you as he gave it to me. Everything's all right. Uh, 
I think, I think that's what Resurrection Sunday is saying. Everything's all right. That'll make more sense in a few minutes. John chapter 19, verse 30. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Would you stretch your hands this way and pray with me and for me? Father, we're so grateful for you. So thankful, God, for your goodness to us. So thankful, God, that we can celebrate today. We win, God, because Jesus won. And we thank you for that. Now, I just, I just, I just pray, God, that you would help us to receive from you what you would have us to receive. I declare this, Father, that your spirit will bring truth to every one of our hearts. That truth sets us free. Father, I pray for strength. I pray for clarity of thought. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm arguably one of the, if not the oldest person in this room. And I can tell you that I've never seen a time in my life where the headlines just keep coming. And they're rarely ever any good. You sometimes wonder if we've lost our minds. You sometimes wonder if we're going to be able to pull back from the direction we're headed. We've gotten to the place where we don't know right from wrong anymore. We don't know up from down. It's just when you read a story or you read a headline and you think, it can't possibly get any worse than that. Just wait. Later that day or tomorrow, another headline. Just this week I read of a story of a, a dad in Canada. He and his wife are separated, and they have a, an 11-year-old. At the time, they had an 11-year-old daughter who, while at school, shared with the school counselor that she was unsure of her sexual identity. So without informing the parents, they began to put her, the school put her in counseling to transition to a male. And literally allowed medication to be given to her. And then an operation to be performed without the parent's consent. And then when it was to the point of irreversible now. The dad goes on YouTube. Criticizing the school district for the decisions of doing that behind his back and he was jailed and to this day is still in jail because he refuses to call his daughter a boy 
And the court, the district court in Canada says, until you agree that your daughter is a boy, you will stay in jail. Have we lost our minds? I know we went from everything is okay to that story. I understand that's quite a quantum leap. But things are not only on an international level, in our country, we seem to have lost our direction. But in your own life, does it seem like you have more struggles now, maybe, than in any recent memory? And so when your pastor gets up and says, everything is all right, not will be, everything is all right, you're challenged. Pastor, everything isn't all right. Everything isn't all right. I've, I've got this problem. I've got this health issue. I've got this marital issue. I've got this financial issue. I've got this issue that's in here. I just don't feel right. I just, my whole world feels wrong. I've got challenges. I don't know how to meet this challenge. I don't know how to meet that challenge. And and you would say, how, how, how dare you get up there and say, everything is all right. And I want to tell you, one of the things that we as Christians need to learn to do is to quit looking at our life from our perspective and start looking at it from God's perspective because that changes everything. Everything changes when you start to view your life from God's perspective. It may not change the reality of your problem in that moment, but it changes everything. This, this reading that we read just now, the, there were seven sayings that Jesus said from the cross. This is the sixth. Another gospel also says that after drinking of that and saying it is finished, he lifted up his head and said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And then he gave up the ghost. This is the sixth of the seven sayings. It is finished. And surprisingly, in the original language, that those three words are one word. Those three words are one word. And it literally means a completed transaction. I go place with people that I love. I, I would rather buy their meal than have them buy mine. Sometimes JJ and I'll go somewhere and he said, who bought last time? I'll say, it's, it's, it's my turn. He said, no, I think you bought last time. I said, no, it's my turn. And I pull the card out and I, you know, I process it. I'd, I'd rather buy the meal. He has a heart to, to bless. I'd, how many know what I'm talking about? I'd rather, I'd, I'd rather do that. For him to pay for that meal, it's an hour's worth of work for him. For me, it's a couple of minutes. I'd rather buy the meal. It's easy for me. I'd rather buy the meal. You can imagine the, stu- the, the foolishness of after I've processed my card, if he were to ru- go up to the cash register and try to stick his card in. 
You ever stick your card in too soon? And then while people are watching, the, the lady's got to tell you, take the card back out. We're not ready. Because you see, if it, if there, if it isn't ready, there's not going to be any processing. And if, if, if you were to go up after that I had paid for it and tried to pay yourself, it's not going to work because it's already paid. That's a word for somebody here this morning. It's already paid. This is a, a singular word that we've divided into three to make it plain. It says it is finished. It's a completed transaction. There was a gulf between you and I, a perfectly holy God and people who sin. And there created a gulf between us that had to be solved. And it was a price that you and I could, can't pay. It's a price that we don't have enough. We can't possibly bridge that void. And so God the Father, through Jesus Christ, did that for us. And you've got to understand that when he, in that moment, with all of the demons of hell looking on, he looked them in the face and said, it is finished. And they knew in that moment they were finished. They knew in that moment that the gulf between you and I and God was closed. Three words, it. What does that word mean? It literally means the only thing that's important. It. You take your car to the mechanic and you tell him it won't start. Your mechanic calls you and tells you it's fixed. He's not telling you your whole car is perfect. He's telling you your car will now start. It. The only thing that matters is finished. And I want you to know something. I, want, I know by the power of the Holy Spirit, God wants to change the way we view our life. Because for too long, we want God to fix our life before we believe him. When in reality, there's only one it. There's only one thing that needs fixed. The gulf between you and God. That's the it. Everything else is nothing but a mere distraction. Your struggles in finances, your struggles in your heart, your struggles in your relationships... As real as they are, if you're not careful, they will become all-consuming. And you will lose sight of the it. If you are the captain of the Titanic and you just hit the iceberg, the fact that the napkins are not folded properly in the dining room don't matter. The lady... In room 344B, who's upset that there were no mints on her pillow, doesn't matter. The lights aren't right in the theater, don't matter. You've got to fix the hole in the ship. 
And if you don't fix the hole in the ship, nothing else matters. Not only the other problems don't matter, but all the good things don't matter. It's been said that the band played to try to calm the nerves of the people as the ship was slowly going down. I've never once read in all of my reading about the going down of the Titanic, I never once read where somebody complained about the choice of songs. I want to tell you something. Your heavenly father loves you with a passion. He is not willing that any should perish. He did not create hell for us to go to. Bible says that hell was created for the devil and his angels. I understand. I understand that we think that God is all-knowing and all-powerful, and he is, but you got to understand something. He gave us a way to heaven that was as good and as glorious and as wonderful as he could possibly make it. He did everything he knew to do to tell you and I, I don't want you to be without me. And he chose the best that heaven had. And he hung the best that heaven had on the cross. And your sin and my sin were thrown on him. And he died because of those sins. And he rose from the dead to show that he is victorious over that sin. He's done everything he knows to do. When Jesus said this, he wasn't lying. It is finished. It, the only thing that matters, the gaping hole between you and God was fixed in that moment. The it was fixed. Is. Not will be, not was. It's fixed right now. You need to get a hold of that in your heart. You need to know that, that right now, the gulf between you and God is fixed. It is finished right now. And we can live like it's finished, and we can walk like it's finished, and we can enjoy life like it's finished. But pastor, you don't understand, I have this issue i want to tell you this much seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you the captain is saying before i clean the room in 344b before i look at the napkins in the dining room i've got to fix the hole in the ship first And I want to tell you something, that our God loves to give. He will give you as much as you can stand. He will give you all that you can stand up to the point that you think you won't need him anymore. Because he doesn't want you to hit another iceberg. Do you believe in eternal security, pastor? Absolutely. I believe that once I got saved, I was eternally secure. Can I walk away from that? Of course I can. But if I don't walk away, I'm eternally secure. 
I'm absolutely secure. He won't throw me away. He won't get impatient with me. There was a difference that happened in my life. You, some of you were surprised that after you got saved, you still sinned. But see, there's a difference. There's a difference with sin inside of me trying to get out and sin outside of me trying to get in. And listen to me. Uh, you know, I'm not an evangelist who can blow in, blow up, and blow out. I'll, Lord willing, I'll be here Wednesday. I'll be here next Sunday. You're going to fight against sin until the day you die. But everything is okay. Years ago, I wanted to watch the Super Bowl because the Cincinnati Bengals were in it. And though that wasn't the Browns, it was close as we're going to get. Maybe in my lifetime. Anybody remember what year that was? 80-something? Yeah. Back in those days, we had church on Sunday night. And I, so I set the VCR. You remember what those are? Okay, if you don't, look it up, Google it when you get home. VCR. I set it to record the game. We went to church. I told people, don't tell me. If you hear the score of the game, don't tell me. I want to watch it. After service, Gail Best says, can we go get something to eat? No. No. If we do, you know what's going to happen. We're going to get out there and somebody's going to say something. And then I'm going to know the score. And then watching it doesn't matter. If they're doing good, it don't matter because I know they lose. And if they're doing bad, it don't matter because I, I heard they won. I said, I don't want to go out to eat. And, you know, she has her way with me sometimes. And so we went out to eat. And I was shocked. I didn't hear her. I got home and danced. It's like I didn't hear now, this is in the day before 24-hour cable. I know, I know you people can't imagine a world without 24-hour cable. But there was a time about 1 o'clock in the morning. How many remember? You'd stand and salute the flag on your TV because they're playing it because it's going off the air. Man, we got home, and she got ready for bed, and we put Gabriel to bed, and, and she didn't want to watch the game, so she went to bed, and I got my popcorn and my pop, and I sat down, and I rewound that tape, and I started watching it. Man, every play, you know, I just wanted to, uh, Icky Woods, remember him? And that, that game was, was determined in the last few minutes of the game. And it got to be within six or seven minutes of the end of the game. And I ran out of tape. And it's like, 
2.45 in the morning. There's, there's, no, there's no TV on. There's no radio. We used to be different back then. People used to sleep at night. And, and there, was, there, was no way, there was no way to know. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't find out who won the game. I had to wait till the next day. It was miserable. But, but listen to me. I watched the game, and I celebrated the good parts, and I, I mourned the bad parts. And in my mind, I tried to figure out, David, who won the game? Who, you know, who, did, who I think won? And I, I want to tell you something. You already won this game. Jesus is guaranteed that you already won. It's finished. I want to tell you, just because I didn't know who won the game, the outcome of that game was already determined. There were people who celebrated, or there were people who cried. I didn't do any one. I want you to know something. By giving your heart to God, it doesn't make you perfect. It doesn't take all your problems away. Now, he's amazing at fixing problems. Getting saved doesn't make them all go away. Getting saved fixes the hole in the boat. We'll worry about the napkins and the choice of songs later. But it... Jesus is saying, it's finished. It's finished right now. Jesus wasn't starting anything in this moment. He was finishing in that moment. He wasn't asking you and I to start now. I didn't get saved for a while because I wasn't sure I could keep doing that for very long. I thought about for a while, good season of my life, I thought about getting saved. I thought about, but then what, you know, I'm, what about tomorrow? You mean I can't do this and I can't do that? And I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't, I didn't know if I could do that. But that night in that little Baptist church in Sharon Center, Ohio, he rested my heart. And that night, it was finished for me. I've had my ups and downs. I've had those times that he's been so close. Just the other night, I'm not gonna, I can't tell you what he said to me, but just the other night, I started to roll into bed, and in my mind, I said something to him. And see, and, and he, and he, it was just a statement. It was a statement of frustration more than anything else. And in that moment, he said something back to me that just broke me. It was so personal and so meaningful. There's been those moments in my walk with God. There's been those moments with my walk with God, I wish he'd just leave me alone. But it's by grace that I'm saved. Through faith, it's not of works that I can boast about. God gave me this thought earlier this week, and then I'll close. Everybody who makes it into heaven is surprised they made it. 
What I mean by that is none of us will feel worthy. Nobody will get into heaven saying, I'm here. Where's the parade? We moved to a small town, Walbridge, Ohio. The day we moved in was the 4th of July. And we literally, literally just got done. The U-Haul is still backed up to the front porch. We literally just got done moving everything in. And a parade started down the road. Right in front of our house. I mean... The house sat on the road anyhow. It's the middle of town. Address was 101. You know where we were at. And a parade started. And poor JJ. He's excited about the parade. He goes, what's going on? I said, buddy, they're just glad we're here. (laughs) And he's like, oh. And here's this parade and all the firemen and the police and the floats and the bands. I just realized, I never told you, J.D., that wasn't for us. I'm, I'm sorry, bud. You, were, you just found out that your dad was joking. That wasn't for us. Listen to me for a moment. Listen to me. I'm not condoning sin. Hear, hear me. You've got to understand. You've got to look at this from God's perspective. If you think that you are trying even right now as a believer to make yourself good enough for heaven... You will be above all men most miserable. If you take God at his word where he says it is finished. If you take him at his word. When I get to heaven, I'm going to be glad to be there. But I know how I got there. And it wasn't because I was good enough. I got there because Jesus said it is finished. That's how I got there. I got there because he took over hell, death, and the grave. And he did it for you, and he did it for me. And when he said that 2,000 years ago, it's still in effect right now. Would you stand to your feet this morning? I apologize for my froggy voice. I don't I don't think the perfect sermon has ever been preached. And rarely has there ever been a time when I've got done preaching that I could look in the mirror and say, man, you did a great job. So many times through the week is God pouring something in my heart. I, I, I really, I've said to him, Jerry, so many times, I wish I could just take that. Words aren't needed. I just wish I could take that and just give it to Kevin. It'll explain everything. I wish I could take that and give it to Shane. I wish Kayla could get this. I won't even have to give her words. I just take that, God, and just, just give it to somebody. Get, just give it to them. 
And in that moment, in that moment, they'll understand. Years ago, as a young Christian, I got frustrated in witnessing to my family. I was running up against a wall, and I'm sure I was, I was doing it all wrong. I'm sure I was just being over-earnest. But I, I'd gotten tired of witnessing to them. And, and, and I'd stopped for a while. I'd even stopped going around because they weren't real tickled with me being saved anyhow. And then one day, God gave me a vision. And in that vision, I was walking up to my parents' house. And in the sky, like over one of their fields, was from literally from horizon to horizon was this, was this city. It was, it was glowing white. It's like it hovered, you know, half a mile in the air. And it just, and it just, it was glowing white. And then that moment, I just stopped. I was heading up their steps. And that moment, I stopped and I looked at that. And words cannot describe to you the pull that had for me. I, I, was, I, was, I was in love with that city. I was drawn to that. It was like I, I, just, I wanted to leave here and go there. And, and I, I, I can't give you the words. All I know is in, inwardly in my vision, I'm bawling. And I'm so drawn to that. And I remember all of a sudden... If I could get my mom to see this, if she felt this, it would fix everything. My mom was deeply involved with the occult. Every argument I had, she had too. And if she ran out of the argument, she'd say, don't forget, I used to change your diaper. So in the vision, I went into the house and I'm yelling for my mom and it's a big house and and, and she's not responding, and I, finally I hear her in the basement. I go down to the basement, and I said, Mom, you got to come out and see this. you got to come see this. She said, Honey, i got to get this laundry done. I said, Mom, you got to come. you got to come see this. It'll, it'll answer every question you have. You'll know everything you need to know. You'll, you'll change your mind. And I literally just grab her by the arm, and I'm pulling her, and she's, She's resisting and she's talking and why she can't go. And I get her halfway up the basement steps. And all of a sudden there was a flash of light. God said, son, it's time to go. And I threw her hand down and I said, mom, you took too long. After that, I was, I was driven to again witness to her. I've told the story about the lady that was deeply involved in the occult that would show up whenever I preached in that area. And she'd sit in the back. You remember the story? That was my mom. And she'd come in as the service was going on and she'd sit in the back. And then it would be my turn to get up and preach, and she'd sit there. And, and then when we went into altar service and I had people stand up, she'd leave. So I never got to talk to her. One day I thought, I'm, I'm going to trick her. And so I told everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes. I slowly walked to the back. I said, would you stand to your feet now? And when she stands up, I'm right there. 
I looked at her and she looked at me. And she said, I don't believe a thing you say. So, Mom, why are you here? It doesn't make any sense. Why are you here? She says, could I feel something here? I can't get anywhere else in my life. She ended up giving her heart to God. I wish, I wish, I wish. I wish I felt better. I wish I could take what, what's in my heart from God for you. I wish I could just give it to you. He wants you to know that everything is all right. The gulf between you and him is fixed if you'll trust him. And if you are trusting him, everything is still all right. In a moment, that struggle you face can be gone. In a moment, that battle you can't overcome can be vanquished. In a moment, that adversary that seems so big, he can knock it off of its feet. If you change your perspective, if you understand this, that through Jesus Christ on the cross, the gulf between us and God is fixed, everything's all right. Let's pray. Father, I don't want anybody responding because of my words. I want them to respond to your Holy Spirit. I want them to know that today, mouthing a prayer that is disconnected from their heart does nothing. But if words of a prayer of repentance and acceptance, God, echoes what's in their heart, this day could be their resurrection day. So, Father, I just pray right now. I pray that every heart of every individual in here is made right with you. Right now where they stand, they don't need to come front. They don't need to shake my hand. Right now where they are, they can say to you in their own words, Father, forgive me. I accept Jesus Christ into my life as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. And make that your dwelling place. And Father, if they pray that and sincere from their heart, what a difference today will make for them. Amen and amen. That's Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor of Encounter. More messages from Pastor Rice are available at our website, godenc.com. You can subscribe to our regular podcast through our website or on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.